here's another edition of the engineering podcast in this week's episode i'm going to be talking about software what it means to me and why the hay with it and a few other things so enjoy Yes, yes, if you like jazz and jazz funk, some special music that I created, and let's go. Okay, so software, what's the thing about software that is appealing? Uh, I find myself, uh, um, found myself many times trying to describe software for, to people who do outside the industry who really have no idea what it is. So software is, is squidgy, as I've explained to many people before. Um, hardware is like things that you find in the hardware store, uh, comprising of electronics, mechanical stuff, plumbing stuff, um, things that men and women have to assemble to get a, a reasonable purpose and function uh, that does something useful. That's how I d- would describe hardware. Uh, the difference with software, software is bits and bobs, zeros and ones inside a central processor unit combined with a random access memory and some sort of storage. Uh, it's essentially a computer program. That's what software is. As a, and I've seen people's eyes at this point glaze over. So the technical <laughs> description doesn't quite work. Uh, however, if I try to say it is uh, the, the hardware, when you come to fix things or when things go wrong, like uh, televisions or, or or a hi-fi system suddenly going on the blink, it's not necessarily that there's a hardware failure. Um, it used to be is something gone wrong with a silicon chip. Uh, it is generally more likely to be um, the ones and zeros, the firmware, which is another confusing point. Uh, <laughs> To, for uh, beginners, uh, uh, people outside the industry to try and explain what are the difference between hardware and software. And so I make a pig's ear uh, trying to explain this. So hardware is, if you compare it to a kitchen fitter or someone who builds uh, and does engineering for a living, some kind of engineering, plumbing, uh, you know, you can't afford really to make mistakes uh, with a plumber or with water or with gas safe because that, if you have a, a catastrophic failure, 
with gas, then you have uh, potential for a wheel explosion. Um, that goes on in software too, but it's uh, it's a different domain. Okay, and then if I explain domain, I'm going down a rabbit's hole already. So the difference between hardware uh, and software is that hardware, if you think about it, generally has no central processing unit. Uh, it is, uh, and then there's a few exceptions to that now. Since everything's connected to the internet, through the internet of things, um, that even hardware is being attacked by software. So hardware generally is uh, a printed circuit board. It is uh, resistors, capacitors, electronic components, it's thermostats, it's the elbow joints in a plumbing toolkit, it's the thermostat on a radiator valve, it's the, the soft gliding stop mechanism in a kitchen drawer unit, it's the um, ball cock or in a toilet uh, those things are hardware it's the massive sewer and gas pipe underneath the road it is also the electric electricity cable that carries electricity into your home that is also hardware um, the electronic instruments guitars uh, hardware, acoustic guitars are hardware, uh, drums are hardware. Um, it's different with synthesizers and organs because those can be now fitted with CPU units, and even a Steinway can be fitted with a central processing unit so it pretends to play um, tunes. Uh, uh, like a barman uh, um, or channel Billy Joel in and I didn't start the fire in this so hardware is uh, ever more reliant and always has relied on the software the software definitely will relies on the hardware um, to run a software one needs a silicon chip um, this is where your central processing unit or microprocessor lives. Uh, it's the brain of the computer. Uh, it controls the ones and zeros. It normally has an address bus that attaches to the random access memory or read-only memory or programmable read-only memory, which is a... Prom or EPROM, erasable prom, if such things now exist. So, this is all back in the day for me. Um, but for new people, I appreciate that it, like, it's really new and like your head will explode trying to understand uh, computer hardware design more than anything. So, what goes on in, in, any computer is a piece of hardware. It's on some kind of printed circuit board with silicon chips for 
uh, as I describe your CPU, your memory, your addressable memory, and you have also a peripheral input and output chip um, which controls uh, what used to be things like serial and parallel input to a printer, for example. Every computer back in the day had to be had to have the possibility be it to be attached to a a simple inkjet printer, laser jet printers for very rare and expensive uh, 30, 20 years ago. Nowadays, um, even a Raspberry Pi uh, connects to a universal serial bus chip, perhaps two, uh, version two and three, and Wi-Fi chip. And sometimes all these peripheral functions are bundled together on, on a chip with the CPU, the all-in-one general-purpose microprocessing chip. Uh, and in phones, you get, uh, smartphones especially, you get a different set of features. Um, if you look at Apple, uh, Apple are very uh, in the mode of creating so many functions available on one chip that uh, in order to save space for a lithium um, battery. So uh, what you will find on the ARM derived chip is also a GPU, um, some sort of proximity sensors, uh, GPS. Uh, you will also have gyroscope, uh, camera processing unit, and of course, the telecommunications telephony uh, function. To, to, so you can use your smartphone as the way it was intended as to call someone over a, a te uh, cell phone telephony network. Um, that's a different way. This, uh, in fact, looking at a smartphone shows you this deep entrenched relationship between the software uh, and the hardware. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have anything better uh, as a demonstration of how tightly ingrained, um, how uh, especially Apple, are with their getting their platform, their uh, bit of metal and iron aluminium all together working to an optimal um, design for the affordable price. Um, it also means that uh, software pervades our life. Um, if you are one of those people who have invested in a 4K smart TV, lo and behold, for the first time in, I suppose, in within the last two or three years, you suddenly will find Android or some kind of operating system running inside a TV. Now, ask me and call me an idiot. Ten years ago, I would have called you an idiot for putting a silicon chip or CPU inside a television. Uh, but now a television need um, apps and an app store, uh, be able to download uh, uh, extensions to programs so that you, 
one can watch Netflix or Love Film or whatever you want to watch uh, on your nice 4K smart TV. And here lies the rub, <laughs> because the software is also part of your TV, part of something called firmware. Um, so firmware is a piece of software that used is like uh, boots up your television, boots up the software. One can think of it as um, bias for. Uh, televisions in a way or BIOS stands for basic input and output system uh, so when you you switch on uh, a computer or anything that has a central processing unit such as a MacBook Pro your phone your smartphone be it Android or iOS inside a this is a piece of code that runs in a erasable, programmable, read-only memory module, a piece of a piece of hardware uh, with ones and zeros, uh, which is semi-permanent uh, RAM. What this means is that uh, with the right instructions, it, it this boot up program can be erased and updated and what this boot up program this is initialize this the first things that are required for an operating system to run so it will spin up your gpu for a smartphone it will spin up for example the telephony units and the finger sensor or the gyroscope with the camera function and go through this device uh, initialization uh, mode. And once it's done that, all the devices are initialized, then we display, uh, keyboard, whatever it is, then it hands over to the operating system. Uh, um, and it's an interesting world. So let's go back to the television. Uh, why does a television need firmware? Um, if you're going to have um, downloadable apps, uh, you need some sort of um, architectural infrastructure in order to do that. So um, the, the, the rub is, is that televisions have are now smart but they are also now like general purpose computers uh, and they can have bugs and go wrong and when you think about it this is where the world is going um, if your television suddenly goes on the blink uh, it may not be the old, it will not be the Cafford Way tube, if you, goodness grief, if you remember those uh, that are causing the problem. It's going to be there's a bug in your BIOS or in your firmware uh, or, or an ah that is causing the problem. Um, and so we are unfortunately living in a world where 
we are we have devices in our home that require updatability for maintainability. So in other words, they need to be connected to some kind of internet network just in case there, there is a, bro a broken app or hacked app or someone has accidentally introduced a bug into the firmware or, or there's been a bug that exists uh, that nobody's detected but now is pretty relevant and is causing problems. Um, I suppose uh, to take it to a natural conclusion, let's see, we will have uh, automated uh, self-driving cars uh, at the level of where I think it's level five where a, a car can be trusted to be automate a journey from your home to your workplace and then from your workplace back to your home. Um, that is going to be a very tricky uh, level to reach. Um, and bear in mind, um, it's, it will be interesting to see how the artificial intelligence and the car manufacturers and the researchers are solving these sort of boot initialization, security, hardware, security, reliability, robust, robustness, um, updatability, flexibility, architectural problems. Um, it's going to be a good one, I think. Uh, I, no doubt we will get there. Um, I seriously think, though, we will have some testing times <laughs> and deployable uh, times, trying to understand and learn the way to do this sort of thing properly. Um, okay, for for beginners, um, I hope that had really shed some light in the differences between hardware and software. Hardware is, if you think about resistors, capacitors, transistors, and uh, printed circuit boards and silicon chips, it's the actual mechanics of what goes into the computer. And if you mess up the design there, you really do have to go back to the drawing board. Software is different. If something goes wrong in software, uh, the question is, is finding it and then changing the bits and the ones and zeros, changing the program. And, and if, it's, if it's the problem is on your local machine, or so, then you can fix it there. More or less, in modern day terms, the software is distributed across the internet. Um, and so to fix uh, a bug in software, more or less nowadays requires you to uh, remotely go to that server and deploy the, the fix under a new application. Um, especially in for things that have to do with security vulnerabilities. And the problem is for that many businesses uh, 
are reluctant to upgrade because they're trading off between buying or subscriptions uh, and and putting off uh, programming new programs of security because they want to feel they can't upgrade from Windows 95 and that uh, really uh, or Windows XP rather the 95 is so old um, nobody should be running it um, problem is is that putting it off leaves you with security vulnerabilities and and no matter what the encumbrance is, you should upgrade your software so that it's relevant at least three years. Um, uh, yeah, so that's the difference between hardware and software. I probably rambled on, so I'm going to stop right there and cue the music.